Welcome to Bible and Stuff. My name's Tanner. My name is Glenn. And, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a podcast about the Bible. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tanner. I had to give you <laughs> I had oh. to give you a hard time. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, it's it really start us off on a good foot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and for context of the listeners, I was just telling you how I I'm starting to get on my own nerves <laughs> while editing our podcast because I talk over you. For you. you. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> that is that what is I what do. I do. <laughs> oh, and it's not fun at all yeah. um, to listen to that. So Yeah, it kind of makes me feel insignificant, but this is my public apology. <laughs> uh, I'm repenting and I will continue to do it on a regular basis, <laughs> but I will feel bad about it. <laughs> That's all good, man. That's all good. <laughs> so, um has anything interesting happened to you lately, Glenn? Not, not really, no. No, okay. <laughs> really? What about you? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Are we that boring? <laughs> I, I mean, I get... I'm okay, glad this so, was not a talk show because we would be done. <laughs> this, that would be all we do. It would be like, hey, how's it going? Um, fine. I, don't I mean, this this isn't exciting. It's it's probably still boring, but it was, it's something that happened, I guess. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Julie and I have been on a diet, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, which mm-hmm. naturally means we've eaten more junk food than we did before <laughs> we were on our diet. Now you're thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so there was one night we were getting ready to watch a show or something like that and we were both like man i want i want some ice cream so we got a mcdonald's like right right behind our house yeah so i I drove over and got in line and they finally like came on the intercom thing and they're like what can we get you today i was like i'll have two oreo mcflurries please and they said we are out of Oreo McFlurries. <laughs> that's not. That's like unconstitutional. They're McDonald's. I, I feel like it happens a lot though. Like the machines down or something. I know. I sometimes wonder if it's like just a hassle and they like don't want to do it and they just say that. It- <laughs> They're just like, I'm not this guy. No, I'm yeah. not doing this. I I hate it. I've had Sonic do this to me multiple times. Like we're out of ice cream. You're what? Son- You're- <laughs> that's like half the menu like how can you just be out like go to the store i don't know what else to tell you but this can this will not stand so anyway all right what is that oh, the end of the story no it wasn't so oh, okay. if you want to interrupt that's that's fine <coughs> oh Talk yeah over me. thank you uh-huh. cool. i appreciate that i'm just kidding no but so anyway i asked for it and they didn't have it and i went to, i was gonna back up but then there was somebody that pulled in behind me so i was like all right well uh, I guess there's oh. just like a guy in front of me. I'll wait for him to finish and head out. Cause there's no, there's like no exit at this. Mm-hmm. It's a single lane, you know, go through deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the guy must have ordered the entire menu. It took like a solid 10 minutes before he even <laughs> moved. Like he, t- he turned his truck off is like how bad <laughs> I knew it was going to be. And so Julie's texting me and she's like, are you on your way back yet? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> It was rough. Oh, did she know at that point that she wasn't even getting ice cream? Yeah, it's she like, was in bed by the time I got home. It was <laughs> it was over. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean that's yeah that's the highlight of yeah the drive by a shame. You know, I wonder if you had just stopped and like 
stayed at the window if they would have given you the person behind you's food? I mean, yeah. How good deserve, is their system for that? I deserve something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, how good is their system yeah, for that? Yeah, I didn't like, even get like a like a coupon booklet yeah. or like, a, oh, here's a free fry. Like, yeah. Sorry for your troubles. Yeah. No. No. All right. So anyway, let's uh, let's reel this back in. What are we talking about today, Glenn? We're talking about something that's not boring. Uh, oh, yeah? Or at least <laughs> really it may <laughs> sound like it when we say what we're talking about, but I promise <laughs> it's not. I hope it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about John Calvin. Okay. Um, so if you don't know who this guy is, uh, if you've ever heard the term Calvinism before, mm-hmm. this is where it kind of derives from. Um, it's not. It's not like the... Uh, the other gauge of temperature, like Fahrenheit, Cal- <laughs> Calvin. You know, this is John Calvin. I got you. I didn't need to clarify that. That was that's funny. It's yeah. very similar <laughs> to the American American thing. That was funny. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was going to come like back to bite me. Multiple in the butt. episodes ago. Oh. So yeah. anyway, we're talking about him today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, who he was, what he he did, and. We got kind of like an interesting little, I don't know, conflict of theories or mm-hmm. thoughts on Calvin at the end that I yeah. think will be kind of interesting. Yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah, I, it, they're really. It in some way they're they're the least satisfying because you don't always get a good solid answer, but they're the most interesting to talk about because it's like, oh well, these people say this and these people say this, and um, it's a pretty good story. It's worth sticking around for. All right, so John Calvin. Uh, he, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but he was one of the key players in the age of the reformation. Okay. So not too long ago, we celebrated the 500th anniversary of the reformation Uh and we talked about Martin Luther. My boy putting some stuff on some doors. Yeah, he was. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, we had Martin Luther and John Calvin was another huge, um, just advocate in, I don't even know if advocate's the right word, but he he helped the Reformation come to be what yeah. it is today. Um, and he's he's most known for uh, Institutes of Christian Religion, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on. It's like a book, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically what, what helped shape the foundations of what we today call the Protestant Church. Okay. Um, and then we'll also spend a little bit of time about what some of the kind of key ideas he brings to the table are okay and why what what i guess basically what separates him from other people and and why we call calvinism calvinism we won't go super in depth on it today i i think it might even we talked a little bit before oh, man. It's, it, to, it's totally worth a whole episode yeah at least maybe not even only worth it but like i don't think we could no cover it all yeah we would have to make this three times longer just to get through it. But if that's something you're interested in, if you've heard that term thrown around a lot um, and you're not sure what it is or why it matters, let us know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll bump that one up in the queue. Cool. So I guess um, I'll start this off and uh, we'll talk a little bit about who John Calvin was, where he came from. Um, he was born in France in 1509. He was the son of a lawyer. I, I I think it's funny. We're going to learn a little bit more about him as we go, but we were talking how 
lawyers just seem to be like a big hit when we're talking about the Reformation. You in know, this age. and I was thinking about that too. Like uh, most of the, um, like most of the strong theologians I know, like they they probably have a lot of those same qualities. Like they're good at arguing. They're also really good at building a case using evidence from whether it's the Bible or even you know just human experience. Um, like there's a lot that goes hand in hand. So it is funny that there's that <laughs> lawyer tie with both Luther yeah, I didn't and Calvin, that. but um, it makes sense. It's it is kind of funny. As we're talking about Calvin or as I was researching him, their stories leading up to like the more pinnacle parts of their lives yeah, are very much similar, but maybe in kind of a reverse order. Okay. So uh, Calvin, his father actually had aspirations, had aspirations for John to work in the church, um, which okay. John did ultimately pursue. Uh, but it's kind of the opposite of Martin Luther where his father really wanted him to pursue law. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, we're starting off on different tangents here, but they both take the same sort of path. Yeah. Well, and, and you say that because, yeah, because Luther started working towards law because his dad wanted to, and then he ended up working in the church, whereas what we see with Calvin is he he started pursuing work in the church, um, and then his father tried to push him towards law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it did. I mean, they, he does end, ultimately end up in the church, but then his dad was like, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe this law thing's a good idea. Maybe you should do that instead. I don't know. Oh, maybe, I didn't realize there was no money in this. Uh, yeah. Maybe well, probably pays better. Not to mention at this point, uh, there's probably a lot less drama going on. Uh, yeah, and maybe that was part of it. Maybe he was actually, a little. that's a good point. Yeah. He was a little worried about old Johnny. Um, you know what he might get caught up in or or you know they kill people back back yeah. in the day um for for heresy yeah yeah and they would have labeled probably some of the stuff that the protestants believed um as heresy i mean they're literally called the protestants like i mean these are people like protesting the catholic church at the time and some of the status quo um and so yeah they they didn't have a probably a great view of them um and it could have got again old johnny into some trouble <laughs> i'm gonna refer to him as johnny for the rest yeah, of this i like it yeah so like you were saying john started off with intentions of being in the church so he actually he ended up learning latin and preparing himself for this career but ultimately his father said nah i think you should work more at law mm-hmm. which johnny wasn't like a huge fan of the idea, but he pursued it anyway and ended up just killing it, killing it. Yeah. Just being super good. Yeah. Gold stars from all the teachers. Like, yeah. Something about these reformers. They also tended to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like most of these reformers, whatever you throw at them, it's like, Oh yeah, no big deal. I'll, I may not want to do this, but yeah, I'll handle it. Quantum physics. Okay, fine. You know, I'll do it. It's whatever. You know, I'll put a little effort into it. Yeah. Oh, you have your doctorate? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, so anyway, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to overstate the fact that, like, in a lot of ways, they were normal people. Like, I don't want a listener to think like, "Oh, I'm definitely not that smart. I will have no impact or effect." Like. I mean, read some of Luther's writings. He's he really 
He's he's more of a gruff, like unpolished kind of guy. He's not this strict academic yeah. who, um, you know, has glasses and an ascot. Like he's, he's relatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. which I think is what made all of this, you know, blossom the way that it did, because he had that desire to reach out to like brethren that he was, you know, in touch with, and mm-hmm. the same with Johnny. We're gonna learn he. Uh, (laughs) yeah i did yeah (laughs) he he had a desire for his fellow frenchmen to you know be knowledgeable about this everyday well to him everyday thought process for what faith and religion meant and um and how the the power of the church at that time was using their power to kind of distort views yeah i guess sometimes just straight up take advantage of yeah. people. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads to the next step in our story in, in that what Luther was doing and teaching ends up reaching France. Um, and so John ends up taking his years of education and stuff that he's learned, and he kind of redirects his focus. He says, I want to be a part of that. So ultimately, he looks at what Luther's doing, and he's like, I'm jumping on this bandwagon. I'm, I'm going to ride it. Yeah, and because of his, his like... I don't even want to say, you know, complete 180. He he had already had these thoughts starting to generate, but Luther really nailed them to the wall. Of... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, door. He, yeah. he decides, you know what, I'm going to go in full force with this mm-hmm. and very quickly becomes recognized as a Lutheran, okay. which, which is not safe during this time. Because like you were saying, I mean... This this would have been considered heresy. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I, honestly, that's something I did not know, that Calvin in his day would have been called a Lutheran. Like, it, you know, it's funny when you think about these guys being in the past, you tend to silo them off, which is why it's so cool to go back and actually read their story and see how they cross paths, how they are both a part of the same Reformation um, and both enact this change, working in two separate... Like, Luther's German, Calvin's French, like... They're countries apart, and they still are part of the same mission, part of the same yeah. goal. So with all that taking place, with, with him having this label put on him, uh, again, it was very unsafe for him at the time. So he actually ends up uh, retreating out of France and going to Geneva, where we we kind of see a lot of his work start to um, really take off. I guess it's the best way to say it. Yeah. Uh, Geneva, like, if you do know a, a little bit about this story, like, you know that at this point, like, we're hitting, we're getting closer to the climax of the story arc because Geneva is, like, where everything, you know, hits the fan, where everything really goes down. It's like you're watching Titanic and you see an iceberg. <laughs> like, you know, like, well. it's coming. <laughs> like, the main, the big stuff is coming. So, that's kind of where we're at right now. So, Calvin now. Uh, in Geneva, in a little bit safer of an area, really starts to pursue and and act upon um, and educate himself more around these uh, beliefs that he's he's kind of taking notes from uh, um, from Luther on, and it's where we ultimately find him take up and write the Institutes of Christian Religion, okay. uh, which we kind of touched upon earlier was that that manual type deal, yeah. Um, it, it, he wrote it w- with the intent of reaching out to his fellow Frenchmen about this reformed outlook on faith 
and just give them a basic understanding of some of the monumental views and points that make up, you know, the Reformation or this Reformed theology. Um, so it's essentially what we would think of today as like a systematic theology almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it was quite that uh, extensive. I don't know they covered every point of theology um, like a lot of those aim to do, but he covered the major things yeah. um, and also addressed, you know, the church to some extent. Yeah, so he his, his main focuses were on uh, basically God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Catholic Church. Okay. And so, I mean, ultimately the Trinity... <laughs> And yes. and what the church was meant to be, mm-hmm. um, and that's where his his main focus comes in, and and that's why we're not taking tons of time to pick these apart because, I mean, God the Father alone would take. Uh, we could do multiple podcasts. Oh, I, I don't even know. I mean, it, it would just go on forever. So, we just want to point out that that's where his focus was in this, um, but he also touches upon. A couple other things here and there that we we see fairly prevalent in reformed churches now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one example is just the idea of election. Mm-hmm. So he he basically flat out says, if you're saved, um, it's because of God's doing, and it's not because of your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And election is a big part of what people think of when they think of Calvinism, and um, it, it plays a major part in in all of the five points, but one specifically um, as well. And again, we don't have time to get into all that, but um, if you have questions about election, um, it may be worth reading some of what Calvin wrote or seeing what other people have to say about Calvinism in general. Yeah, because election is another huge topic that's like debated all over. Yeah. May <laughs> if we're up for it, maybe one day we'll try to tackle that. But <laughs> we oh, can man. at least give viewpoints on it. I mean, uh, some of this stuff gets gets really hairy when you're talking about it, and we always try to the best of our ability to do it just to do justice to um, a topic. So, so come at it from a perspective of someone who believes that, and yeah. try to do it justice to where they would agree with how we're explaining it. And then we often give opposing views um right. so um if you want to hear an episode on election we will totally do it we can't promise it'll be good but we will totally <laughs> do it uh john also touches upon uh systematic order in the church which can be another topic that is widely debated it's very sensitive um kind of based around the idea of elders and how elders are selected and and other leaders in the church and and Basically, what we we see in a very prominent way in the Presbyterian or or just the Reformed Church in general, we see this come up a lot. Yeah, and it's funny now that you've said twice that like he talked about these kind of touchy subjects. Um, that is something we saw with both Luther and Calvin is they didn't shy away from talking about these things. They carried a lot of weight with them, had a lot of emotion and tension built into them. Um, they were pretty bold guys. Um, which is great, ultimately led to our religion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, you know, our our basis of doctrine and things like that, and, you know, all these denominations that are no longer part of the Catholic Church. Yeah. So o- overall, I mean, we touched upon all these um, 
all these topics that he's hitting upon, but his his ultimate goal is to basically get word around the sovereignty of God. And sovereignty, if that's a word you're unfamiliar with, essentially is just talking about the fact that God is in control, um, that everything is under his power and his hand, and similar to when we're talking about election, like he is not surprised by anything that happens uh, in the world. He, he already knew it. Um, again, we could spend a whole podcast talking about how that plays in with free will, but that was one of the things that Calvin thought was really important to drive home. Yeah, that's that's kind of who John Calvin is and and what his his goals were. We're going to take maybe a, a quick break and then when we come back we'll talk about well why is all of this important and and then we'll have a, a, a little section that we're going to go through uh, that's just kind of it's really interesting. There's debates on murder mystery. Yeah, it's a murder mystery. <laughs> but it'll be good. Hey guys, we just wanted to take a minute to inform you of this awesome website and app called audible.com. It's a great place where you can actually go in and audibly listen to books. Um, If you'd like to help support our little venture here with Bible and Stuff, we would love for you to go to bibleandstuff.com slash audible and go on and download a book. Today we actually have a really cool coincidence because we talked about Calvin writing the Institutes of the Christian Religion, and you can get that on Audible. Um, in fact, I'm looking at it right now, and for a regular price, it's forty one ninety seven. But when you sign up at BibleandStuff.com/audible for a free trial, you can literally get it for free. So you can listen to this huge theological tome that it really is priceless. Um, for free just by going through our link and you get to support us in the process so if that interests you please check it out listen to some audiobooks and we would greatly appreciate it thanks guys welcome back Welcome back. So <laughs> we are back. <laughs> uh, like we said before the break, we are going to uh, wrap up this idea of of Calvin's um, thoughts and his writings and, and just ultimately why it's important. And then we're going to get into a little bit of a controversial topic, a murder mystery, as Tanner said. Ooh. So <laughs> why is it important, Glenn? We just spent like 20 minutes at least talking about this guy that... <laughs> Maybe none of, none of our listeners care about. Why sure. should we care? Yeah, well, as we said multiple times throughout uh, this podcast, John Calvin, very similar to Luther, basically risked a lot to further the idea of this reformed religion, uh, apart from the beliefs of the church of that time. Uh, and I I just really like, I'm, I'm going to read this quote um, that he had, and I think it, it does kind of sum it all up for us. Um, He says, I labored at the task of writing the Institutes, uh, especially for our Frenchmen, for I saw that many were hungering and thirsting after Christ, and yet that only a few had any real knowledge of him. So yeah, I I feel like it's very summed up in in that sentence. His, His goal is to further this reformed idea, 
which, you know, we look at Protestant churches and Reformed churches today, and those those acts that he did really carried, you know, over 500 years. Yeah. I mean, maybe... I wanted to just make sure we're being extra clear about this. Like, that's this is the Reformation. Like, the whole point of the Reformation was this reforming of theology, taking this theology that had gotten a little out of hand and been used and abused um, or forgotten about. Like Calvin just said, like I, I see these people who want to know Christ and they just don't because they've been taught incorrectly in the church. Um, they don't have as good um, an understanding about the Bible as they would like to or need. So he spent his time writing and teaching and helping reform this basis of good theology, good beliefs about God um, that, yeah, set up the next 500 years of Christianity. And beyond. <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> Little Buzz Lightyear. Cool. But uh, did he kill a guy? <laughs> okay, yeah. So here's here's the big question. So when we hear about John Calvin, a lot of times this is what is associated with him. Uh, you got the really good stuff, the the fact that he brings this reformed view to the church, and then you got people saying, "Well, he killed a guy. What's up with that?" <laughs> yeah, if you do a Google search, this is probably like fourth down <laughs> like yeah. you have you have probably some personal facts you have oh father of calvinism okay part of the reformation wait <laughs> did he kill this guy what happened here yeah so do you mind if i just kind of walk through the tell, story tell me the story i'm intrigued we've been baiting people for so long <laughs> in this episode so okay there's this guy this is in 15 53 so it's a, a little beyond uh, i don't know he must have been in his his later years close to 50 at least okay and um there's this guy uh michael servetus i don't even know if i'm pronouncing his name right servetus i'm just gonna say severus severus snape <laughs> so there's this guy uh and he he gets arrested for heresy which again during this time we said was like a big deal yeah, it was a big deal, and some of that, the Catholic Church pursuing heretics even carried over into the Reformed faith, which is why we're talking about this. Like, eventually this guy was put to death for believing some admittedly wrong stuff, but did they handle that right? Yeah, well, and that's the question. I think, I think a lot of times when we do those Google searches and we see, oh, Calvin killed a guy, I think our first thought is, Oh man, like cold-blooded murder. This is crazy, but no, it's it's a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. than that. So, basically this guy, uh Servetus is, you know, put on trial for heresy and they basically say you're guilty, you're going to get executed for this cuz heresy was a capital crime in yes. Geneva at this time. So, I guess at this point what we're talking about is who made the call. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it gets a little more mixed up. Yeah, so John Calvin was involved in this decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not against the idea of this capital punishment. However, what does get left out a lot is the steps that John Calvin tried to take to get Servetus out of this issue, or this predicament, rather. Okay. Um, he writes some letters trying to, to get him to change his thought and mindset and everything. Uh, he even ends up 
meeting with him while he's in prison to to try and further these conversations and and change his point of view, uh, regardless of the fact of if it's going to uh, get him out of this capital punishment. I think he's trying to also do it to make sure, like, dude, I hope you understand, like, what you're saying and and what truth is. Um, or at least that's that's my personal stance on it. I, I, I would think that that's part of his his mission there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's probably important to say that, like, yeah, it was a screwed up thing that they were killing people for what they believed. So we could probably find hundreds of pages written about whether Calvin thought or approved of Mm -hmm. this guy being put to death. But ultimately, the point is, even if he wanted to stop it, he really couldn't have. Yeah, he was not the ultimate authority over this. Yeah, Yeah, and like you said, he did spend a decent amount of time like trying to talk this guy out of getting himself killed, um, and ultimately, it didn't work. So, Servetus was eventually burned at the stake. Which, there's something interesting about that, too. Uh, while I was researching, I had come across text saying that even the punishment itself, mm-hmm. this is going to sound ridiculous when I say it, but John Calvin tried to make it a less excruciating process by recommending that they behead him instead of burn him alive. Again, that sounds ridiculous because you're still killing a guy and mm-hmm. beheading just sounds like super gruesome, but it really would be a lot less drawn out a and lot, like a lot quicker yeah, and ho- a yeah. lot less painful so even up until the end calvin was trying to to do what he could for the could for this guy yeah and if and if i think this is the best way to talk about calvin's heart and mm-hmm. what he thought is by reading something he actually wrote to servetus and in one of his letters he says I neither hate you nor despise you, nor do I wish to persecute you. But I would be as hard as iron when I behold you insisting sound doctrine with so great audacity. And then I'll paraphrase what Calvin wrote later thinking about this. And it's that he basically is saying, man, I reminded this guy. I was trying to be gentle. I told him about our, you know, our history of working for people to be able to see Jesus um, as savior and eventually he just got mad <laughs> that I was pushing him to have good doctrine um, and he took it out and he, he just had he just rage and anger overcame him um, and, and I think this is essentially what we see in Proverbs where it basically says if you correct a wise person like they're going to accept it if you correct a fool they're not going to have it. Um, And so that seems to me, as best we can tell, that that's basically what happened here. Now, was Calvin completely sinless in this? No, because nobody would be completely sinless in this situation. But was he completely and utterly wrong? Not exactly. Um, So did he kill this guy all on his own? No, that's the big answer. Um, But... Some people still take issue with what went down. Yeah, just with the fact that he took part in it. No matter how much he tried to avoid it, the fact that he took place um, in it just... Yeah, I think that's what sticks in people's mind rather mm-hmm. than 
I don't know. I was talking about this last night. We had we had a community group last night. We have a new community group. I guess I could have talked about that in the beginning. <laughs> but um, so you do have something interesting going on in your life. But uh, in our group, we were just we were talking about the fact like you could be having a perfectly like perfectly good day, and then one one thing goes wrong, and it's like, oh man, this day is terrible. Like mm-hmm. your focus is only on on the bad. And I think we do that not only in our own lives, but when we're focusing on other things too. Uh, so Calvin, for example, like he did all these amazing things, but he had this one stain, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a, fo- a main focus that people have on. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, that doesn't ruin everything else that he did. Um, so people go one of two ways: they either only see the bad stuff, or they try to ignore that, act like it didn't happen, and only see the good. To me, it's actually comforting that both of those exist because I see the good things and I'm thankful to God for what Calvin and Luther have done and the table that they set for us, essentially. But it's also so comforting for me to see that those guys screwed up. Yeah. Because we talked about before, like they are extremely smart, very bold, great leaders, um, and it's nice to know that they were not perfect because I cannot be perfect. If I know anything, I know that I will not achieve that. So maybe I can still be like them if I know that they also sinned. Yeah. So do you have anything for a lightning round? I, I have one thing. Oh. It's just we came off of this like murder mystery and it's like, is anything <laughs> really going to be that fascinating after... No, so the one thing that I did have was um, the institutes that he wrote. I just thought this was kind of cool. They they were actually continued uh, and expanded upon, and they were edited over five times to contain ultimately 79 chapters at its completion. Yeah, so it really did end up becoming more of this big theology book um, like we talked about before, but... Yeah, did he kill a guy was essentially a long extended lightning <laughs> yeah. round. So I'll, I'll, I'll cut you some slack for that one. But guys, that's pretty much all we have for today. Uh, as always, we encourage you to check us out on social media. That's Facebook and Twitter. You can visit us at BibleAndStuff.com. Uh, also, if you have anything you want to hear, we've thrown out a couple things to see if there's interest in this episode. Go ahead and email us at hello at BibleAndStuff.com or reach out to us at one of those other places I just mentioned. In addition to supporting us by checking out our sponsor earlier in the show, you can also just do your everyday shopping on Amazon by going through our link, which is bibleandstuff.com slash Amazon. And if you do that, whatever you buy, we'll get a small percentage of that at no extra cost to you. It really helps us out and helps us keep this thing going. Well, awesome. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We hope that you will join us again. If you like the episode, we'd love for you to go on to iTunes and and leave a rating and review there Um, or Facebook as well. Anywhere you can help us out, we'd we'd love it. Please Uh, tell people how awesome we are. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) especially Glenn. All right, well, we will talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Peace.